Hello and welcome to episode 169 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the espionageist, Alessandro Pelsi. Say hello, Al. You're lucky I didn't employ my ponytail tonight. Oh, I kind of <laughs> wanted to see the ponytail. That would have been good. That's a shame. On this week's episode, 10 more Marvel movies, director's cuts, May the 4th, and other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Not Tom Clancy's No Remorse, which is what I've been calling it for the past three days. No. But first, Al, do you remember the ad for No More Schmutz? No. Okay, there was a <laughs> a good 20 years ago, there was this like campaign for some garbage newspaper, I'm sure. Like, that it was just like, it was just no more schmutz. And it was this whole thing about like, it not getting on your fingers anymore when you read the newspaper. Do you, this do you sounds like an SNL skit. No, this is like a real thing that happened. Somebody, here's the thing. I was listening to a podcast and somebody said the word schmutz. And I believe it was in reference to Tushy the bidet and it's schmutz shield. Are you sure, are you sure this wasn't? A bit from that. I always forget the name of it, but that thing with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. This has to be a no, bit no. From that. I'm certain. I, I I vividly remember these commercials, and then I'm pretty sure if you were to Google it now, you could find the like original commercial. What's uh, the name of a prominent Brooklyn newspaper? Because this has to have only been run by that. It was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like the Daily News or something like that. Yeah, I was close enough. Uh, <laughs> so I just I, I'm just I'm, oh, I'm kind of bummed that you don't remember this. This was like no. a whole thing. Like it went on. It was a campaign that went on for way too long. And it was like the first time you saw the commercial, you're like, huh, that's funny. And the second time you're like, all right. And then by the 16th time, you're like, can we just not be airing this anymore? Well, if this was from 20 ish years ago, I, I may have still been in Vermont. And so this may have been a commercial a or campaign that's that was actually, only exclusive to New York City, which is why I asked. I didn't even consider that it would have been you. It would have been a local commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> is the Daily News even a thing anymore? I can confirm it's still a thing. Still a thing? Still a thing? All right. Uh, Al, what are we drinking? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, for your birthday... We're both at least a margarita in. Oh, yeah, this is going to be the riskiest episode <laughs> that we, we decided to record since the first Cloud Atlas episode. Mm. Which is, mm. That was a good episode. It's a long time ago now. We go um, deep in that movie. The level of detail... What? <laughs> ...in our first Cloud Atlas episode that we choose to get into... May surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> so to, I would be surprised if it didn't surprise you. <laughs> there. Um, anyway, we're drinking a Firestone Luponic Distortion from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. It's part of their Revolving Hop series. Um, this is Revolution number six. That's number 006. Um, drink no. within 90 days of Candon date. There's no chance that this within that um, no. because Anthony's... No. Well, Anthony's had this in his house for probably easily six months. So even if the beer wasn't old before then, it's probably. Whoa, new record. (laughs) Is that a a 17 or a 19? That is a 17, my friend. I don't know. Mine's pretty smudged. It looks like it could be a 19. May 3rd, 2017. Well, the funny thing is we have either your drunker than you think. Yeah, I was going to say either your drunker than you think (laughs) or somehow we have two separate kids because mine definitely says 530. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. New record. Uh, this was a limited release. Uh, it's going to reiterate to us. That drink within the four years days. of canning date. Great. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, almost to the, to the day. Uh, <laughs> beer before glory. Always refrigerate. There's and, some uh, stuff going on in this can in the background. Are those 
Is that like an EKG? What's happening back there? Oh, that, that does kind of look like an EKG a little bit. Maybe you know what? what parts, of it, parts of it looks like an EKG, but the rest of it looks like just straight up scribble. It's luponic distortion. So I'm guessing it's like audio waves. Like, oh, okay. You know how we etch? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you etching? You etching? Uh, it's the visual representation of luponic distortion. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, there's also a bear and a lion fighting. Yeah, that, that lion is is very Wizard of Oz. Put him up. Put him up. And that bear and has a six-pack? It does have a six-pack. A noticeable <laughs> six-pack right under the hair. I, uh, I've i never for, seen such a svelte bear. For a super low-fidelity like visual, there's a lot of really detail in those abs. The six <laughs> those abs yeah. have way too much detail. I'm not, it's Dude. making me uncomfortable now. This is like, yeah. Oh, man. And one star. One star cut out. What's the star? I feel like it, it seems arbitrary. Yeah, where is that star coming from? Like it's weird. There. Huh. Is it an asterisk? Is, is that an asterisk on the bear? Loop, loop, loop. What's the hop? That's a Luponic. great question. It doesn't Where's say it from. Yeah, but like, well, it's the, isn't uh, like a lupulin? A lupa? Yeah, it says lupulin. Luponic acid. Is that what it is? I forget. I'm too drunk to have this conversation. No, I'm not actually that drunk. I just, I don't recall what the name of that. Lupulic acid, I think, is it? Maybe that's what it was. What are you talking about? What is lupulic acid? Lupulin. We talked about it. Remember when we had the um, oh, the one with like the reduced version of the hops for the IPAs? Ah, yes, yes, of course. Hop dust. Basically, yes. Hop dust IPA. That's essentially <laughs> essentially what it is. Space dust. No, that's a specific beer, isn't it? There's Wait, definitely so. an IPA called Space Dust. Yeah. Or did that have hop dust in it? I don't know if we did that one for the show. Space dust. Do you remember Space Ghost? <laughs> yes. Coast to coast. Is it coast to coast? Was space coast? <laughs> coast to coast was the was the good one. There was he had a like there was a show like a Space Ghost show, but the Space Ghost Coast to Coast was like a a fake late night TV. Yeah, where they like re-edited TV show, which is they, really then they like re-edit the character into it or whatever. Yeah, I don't. Re- I actually don't know exactly what how that came about. I just remember it being a lot of fun. Um, anyway, I'm gonna try this beer. Cartoon Network. Definitely the day. Cheers. It's a weird sound. Hang on. Hang on, I'm gonna try it again. You got something better for me? Got it. Cheers with a bad beer from last week. Might have been two weeks ago, but yeah. This has definitely been the best of the old beers. Yeah, this is fine. This is fine. It's um I'm sure it's lost a little bit of its... It's lacking. It's missing something. Well, I was going to say, some of the dry hop luster that would have been something a part of this. Left. The dry hop luster. <laughs> the, the dust has been pulverized almost to non-existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I still think this is a pretty tasty beer. I would drink, I would drink it's it. It's tasty. A couple yeah, of it's definitely... Um, it's got a, it has a little bit more forward of that bitter flavor. Bitter essence. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's still pretty well balanced, but towards, it, it, the, it's, it's towards the bitter end of the spectrum. You know it's there, though. Yes, yeah. yeah. It smells bitter. Well, it's got hops. It's an IPA, so. Yeah. Um, I will say. I think that helps with the uh, with that, like, with it being kind of like, a, like well, as balanced as it is being kind of bitter forward, is that is that the bitterness is on the nose, too. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like a traditional IPA. It's a, it's a solid. You, that's a pure gasoline. <laughs> no, it's a solid, straightforward, <laughs> classic example of an American IPA. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the one that I feel like I've had. Th- this is like kind of what I had so often before I found stuff that I liked. 
Um, and I didn't really care for this type of thing back in the day, but it has grown on me since then. Yeah, the you from the like time, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, the first time I had one of these and really, really enjoyed it, like with this type of, this exact flavor profile was over some uh, 10 cent wings at Croxley's Ale House, <laughs> which is just a dangerous game <laughs> to uh, be playing. It's a... Uh, it's the most dangerous of games. You, yeah, a lot, you can get a lot of wings at 10 cents a piece. Basically as many as your stomach can handle. And yeah. I'm and in a position right now. Which is the mistake. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in a position right now to sympathize with that because I definitely had two quesadillas for dinner. It is. Oh, nice. Cinco, it is Cinco de Mayo. We are recording. That's why we're drunk. Cause typically mm. I, only I occasionally come in on Wednesdays. You come in hot. When, occasionally. When we, when we record <laughs> And this time Anthony's like, I had a big margarita. So watch out. Have, and I yeah. was like, it's like, Oh boy. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're doing this whole thing where it's like every every day so far this week, I've been like, it's it's my birthday. <laughs> so oh, you're doing a whole birthday week? Fantastic. Like, so like Monday, like it was Monday. I just, we went out and we got ice cream and it was so good. And I didn't <laughs> sleep well. <laughs> this is this is pregnancy. This is pregnancy, Anthony. This is, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My dad said he gained a good 40 pounds when my mom was pregnant with me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I had a, I definitely had, I had a, a nice, a nice, Big thing of ice cream on Monday, and then nice. on uh, on on Tuesday we had some. Went to Hands, got okay. some shrooms. I got the I got a combo combo case a combo fajitas. Ate the yeah. whole thing. Definitely nice. didn't need to eat the whole thing, but I ate the whole thing. And then today I was making uh, like taquitos for dinner. Nice, nice. Made some fresh guac. Uh, did not have any lime, so I had to improvise. Did find some pineapples in the fridge. And some jalapenos, so I made I'm, some interesting... I'm, I'm going to rock your world here. Mm. Guacamole is better with lemon juice than lime juice. And that is how I've been Disagree. making it. Disagree. It's how I've been making it for years now. And I it's, good, go it's good with lemon juice. I prefer it with lime juice. Uh, there was lemon juice in this. I'll never uh, go it, was, back. it was very good. But uh, whilst I was rolling the taquito, <laughs> Kim was like, do you want a margarita? And I went, I mean... Yes, obviously. <laughs> she made me some with some leftover margarita ingredients that she had from her friend's shower this weekend that she was making for them. And uh, oh man, it was. Uh, she's like, oh, I doubled it, and I was like, okay, because it didn't fit. Like she said, it was it was too small to fit in the glass, so she doubled it. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then she was explaining to me what she did with the jigger, and I was like, oh no no, <laughs> you. You tripled it. <laughs> so did she accidentally use the wrong side? Yes. She well, she wasn't aware of the of the ounce, like how it corresponded to ounces, and then, so it's really yeah, it was like it was like a triple situation because you know you got yeah. the half ounce and the one point five. She thought it was yes. kind of a one two situation. It was a uh, anyway three, three to one. It was very good. <laughs> so uh, what, was this stuff. just like a traditional straight up like lime margarita? No, no, there was leftover. Um, she had less like some mix that she bought for them. Ah, um, so she used that. I actually made uh, our friend a margarita this weekend and last weekend. Doesn't really matter. Um, irrelevant, really. But I didn't have limes and I substituted lemon, and that was very good too. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, I had a watermelon margarita. And then I had a mango margarita. Hmm. And now we have some Firestone beer. And uh, I will surely top this off with some Modelo at some point later in the... Uh, Modelo Negra, to be specific. Nice. And, Very uh, nice. Definitely enjoy some of that. Big fan of the jalapeno margarita. Yes. I had one once. It was delightful. It was spicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had some candied jalapenos at one point, And I used... 
a teaspoon of the juice it was sitting in as the sweetener. Ooh. <laughs> Boy. Really that, close to the palate. Not only was it delicious, but it will knock your socks off. <laughs> so good. Also, those jalapenos were hotter than any jalapenos I've ever had. Damn near close to hot barbecue sauce. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they were they were pretty intense. Could you imagine jalapeno margaritas with hot, with the hot barbecue? No, oh I can't. I can't. Uh, do not want. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's, so that's, that's May the 5th. That's today. Yes, that's correct. May the 4th. It was, it was yesterday. yesterday. So let's get into some news and nuggets. Wait, before we transition, oh, though, how many thuckles? Oh, <laughs> we should probably read the beer. I'm going to go... I'm going to go two thuckles. All right. I'm, uh... I, I think I'm just going to go with the one. Just going to go with the one thuckle. It's okay. I was kicking around one, but I think uh, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to de-age my grade and say if this was a fresh, within 90 days beer, I think for sure it would be a two thuckle job, so... You know what? I think you might be right. Is this... A, if we're talking our fault... I'll go do the knuckles. Uh, <laughs> but I, I can really only rate what I've got in front of me. <laughs> it's okay. We're almost done with the old beers, and you and I are going to be exchanging much newer beers, at least within the past year beers. That's right. Past year beers. Most of mine are in the past few weeks, so they're super fresh. Maybe we should get on those. I have a couple from the fall and winter, because the last time I saw you was October, so I have some sure. right after that. So. Sure. That tracks. All right. Ow. Tell me about uh, the 4th of May and anything that did or did not happen. So kind of really nothing. It was a pretty quiet May the 4th, which is disappointing. (laughs) I think I want to say it was May the 3rd, which was Monday. Disney decided to drop a whole lot of Marvel news, which we will get Mm. into shortly. Um, But then May the 4th was the next day. And I was like, oh, cool. Wonder what Disney will roll out for us then. And it turns out just about nothing. Um, Which kind of makes sense because they've been giving us some updates on like, Cassie and Andor show and the Obi-Wan show and all those other movies and shows that they're planning on doing. They gave yeah. those. When did they, was it during like the Disney like earnings call in like December so. or something like that? Um, which was a day. Is that what they call it? What was it? Earnings? And is it like investor day or something like that? Well, yeah, I was like, whatever. They have the, like the, some name for that day when they do things like that. whatever the shareholders meeting for like Disney yeah. was like they did the earnings call or whatever. Um, which was weird that they didn't have anything like new, new for us. Cause like every year there's been some quieter and loud, like obviously the loudest May the 4th have been when they dropped the first teaser or trailer for a new movie, sure. which, you know, justifiably so, but I still thought we would get like something yeah, new. We'll, we'll, and we'll we, get a trailer next May. Probably. Uh, but we really didn't. Well, even if it wasn't a trailer, some announcement of something yeah. to come, you know what I mean? But what we did get, which was cool was on May the 4th was the first episode of the Clone Wars, The Bad Batch, which... Nice, and did you watch it? I did. I watched it yesterday. Uh, so at least I got my one little bit of Star Wars participation on May the 4th. Nice. And the premiere episode was, I believe, 70 minutes long? Oh, damn. Good it was like a small movie. Um, really, really good, actually. <laughs> like, now, not that I like doubted that, but like just how good it was it for just, like... just like really scratch that itch? Uh, they jump right into it. And, you know, as one would imagine, considering... Um, this isn't too spoilery. You know, the bad batch kicks off right before the end of the clone wars, because it leads in directly from the last season of the clone wars, which ended with order 66. And so we see it one more time in this, as we see how the bad batch reacts to (laughs) play that same song. (laughs) (laughs) We see how they, uh, they react, including what I thought was a rather cool cameo to kick things off, which I will not spoil it for any. 
So cool. there is a Jedi. Is it, that, is it important to me? Relevant yes. to my interests? It's definitely relevant to your interests. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, what was cool was you are you see a Jedi who is not attached to the Bad Batch. They don't have a specific Jedi with them, but they join up on a mission with some regular clones and a Jedi, and that Jedi's apprentice, and those people will be familiar to you and anyone nice. who has seen other Star Wars properties. I know this. <laughs> well, I, I, all I know for me is when they showed the one, I was like, oh, are they gonna? Ah. And then they did. And I was like, <laughs> I was like awesome. Uh, there is a little bit of cognitive dissonance that will go along with that sure. viewing, but I'm sure it, the enjoyment will outweigh that. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, they kicked off a really cool episode as they show, uh, as one might expect, the Bad Batch. Not normal clones and they do not react quite the same as normal clones to order 66. And that is the jumping off point for the rest of the show is what those differences mean for them. And also this is the first real thing we've seen that picks up. We've seen a lot of material in the time between episodes three and four, but most of it is biased towards those last five years or so right before episode four. This is really the first thing that we're going to delve deeply into what happened five minutes after the clone wars ended which is kind of cool because we're watching the literal reformation of the Republic into the galactic empire and what that looks like for people who aren't Palpatine and Darth Vader. All right. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to watch that. Is that going to be a weekly drop or how's that going? I believe it will be on Fridays. I don't know if we're getting the second episode this Friday or if it's going to be next Friday, but Mm -hmm. I believe I saw after they dropped that episode, that there's a weekly episodes on Fridays. I don't know if we're getting that, that sweet double first week the way we did with like the Mandalorian. I might have to watch that after this episode, depending on how late it is. I, I want to stay on top of it and be like, be in the know as these episodes come out. I mean, listen, it certainly wouldn't hurt you to watch it before work tomorrow or during lunch. Um, sure. So I, I imagine it'll be fairly late. It's already nine 30 and um, That's still got one. a ways to go. We do. We do. We're only getting started. Uh, cool. All right. So not, not a lot of news on, on the Star Wars front, but having something fresh to watch is exciting. Uh, speaking of fresh to watch, even though they did not announce a bunch of Star Wars stuff, Disney did announce a bunch of Marvel stuff. A lot of dates. Yes. A lot of very specific dates. Did you uh, watch the little teaser trailer thing? I did watch the teaser, and I was almost brought to tears immediately. I was going to say, there's, there's a little bit, of, <laughs> little bit of chills. I saw a lot of people uh, saying the same thing. I was like, I was like, oh, how much? Could, and I watched it. I was like, okay, so that. Yeah, like, how, like are, how are they still, are they still going to be able to keep it up? How are they going to keep my emotions? And then the, you kick off with that voice. I'm like, how could you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was very exciting for something that really didn't show you anything. Like, anything at all. Was, I mean, we did get to see a couple of new shots oh, of new stuff barely, like, yeah like specifically the hero, eternals. hero shots which were kind of yeah. cool but specifically the eternals which we really haven't actually seen anything of and a logo to to ensure us that a fantastic four is coming <laughs> which is cool because that's the first official announcement of that we got, yes isn't it? i believe so which was yeah that was awesome so i was the other day i was telling kim about it and i was like yeah they, they announced like a, a handful of new movies and then i started counting and i was like or like a handful of dates and stuff started counting all the it's ones like nine of them out. And she was like, I think I think I got up to ten. Yeah. But I was just like, I said, oh, and this one, and this one, oh, and this one, oh, and and this one, oh, and this one, this one, and this one, oh, and this one. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, yeah, because we have dates out through 2023, which is insane. Yeah. Those half of those are moving. <laughs> it's easily. It's possible. It's possible. Hopefully, um, you know, no, no more than a week or a month here and there. Um, right. 
up for more. Uh, super pumped. Super pumped for some more movies. Uh, super pumped for movies in general. <laughs> also, as I didn't see this in that announcement, but I was just reading a follow-up article in case you hadn't seen the thing or wasn't familiar with all the dates. Um, but apparently, in this article on... What are you on? The Wrap? On The Wrap. Um, John Watts director of the two Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland is going to be the one directing the Fantastic Four movie as well. Oh, yes. Okay. Sounds good. So I have the official dates of the full Phase 4 calendar. Uh, Black Widow is now officially, hopefully, July 9th of 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, September 3rd, 2021. Eternals, November 5th, 2021. Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th, 2021. That's like too many movies in a, in a short span at the end of the year. Well, you can understand why they've been sitting on all of these for a year. And so they want to get them out there. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, July 8th, 2022, which is a cool subtitle for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marvels, which is the rebranding of Captain Marvel 2, uh, November 11th, 2022. What is that? What is that going to mean? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. <laughs> hey, those movies sound like a joke every time you hear one of the titles, but then they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, 2023, and then Undated Fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, weirdly, so am I. Maybe uh, it's not that weird, but still. Yeah. And Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, those are the ones, like, all of those I'm super pumped about. I'm very, very curious how they handle the next Black Panther film. I think that they'll probably do a great job just because they always do, but, like, I, I don't know how they're going to pull it off or what direction they're going to go in, and I'm excited to see what they have in store for us. Yeah. Um... Obviously, it's there's going to be some impossibility and like capturing lightning in a bottle again with what mm-hmm. the task that's set before them. Um, as we saw with something like Carrie Fisher dying in Star Wars, it can be really hard to do that sort of thing in an organic right. way. Um, I imagine they won't go down the same pathway, um, probably. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it should be interesting. It should be exciting. I mean, uh, Kugler is back to direct it, and all of the rest of the main cast will be there. So. I'm sure they'll have a way to do it. Yeah, I just kind of, I'm really curious, like what, how are they going to handle the character? Because they they wouldn't recast the character. And I believe they've said they ha- they won't. So um, like, how they'll actually execute the story? Poor choice of word. Poor choice of word. What? Well, because I imagine they're going to have to kill the character off in some way. So. Oh. Uh, maybe. Well, you just gonna say he, that- he's he's gone away for a while and like, but like he never comes back. Yeah, I don't. I really, I really don't know. But I would assume. Do you do you think that they'll have to that they'll be handling that within the the next Black Panther movie, or do you think they'll be handling that within storytelling throughout? That like, is it possible that Multiverse of Madness open opens a bunch of stuff up where like it's almost as if it's a different universe for that movie? I suppose they can find a way to shoehorn that in. It's gonna probably be clunky, but mm. um, the one thing that's going for them if they do choose trying to kill him off in some way is you know when he's in full suit it's cgi so there is a way to have him fall in battle you know that's true that's true does he have any siblings he has a sister quite famously in the in the movie no no 
Does uh, Chadwick Boseman have uh, any I have, siblings? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, uh, just curious. I'm very curious how they're going to. You going to do a Paul Walker thing? That was yeah, but that was that was that was too heavy. I hope they don't do that. I'm well. I'm just saying because they use his brother. That's that's why. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was heavy. But I believe anyway, it was Nat- Natalie of- Portman's sister for uh, scenes of uh, what's it called <laughs> um, Thor: The Dark World. I believe they mm. used her. Her sister to finish when she walked off set. Uh, it's cool that she's coming back for the next one. It's still weird to me, but like, Curious yeah, it's, it I'm out. glad that she grew up because it sounds like it's, there was some growing up that needed to go on. It was that the case? I mean, she handled it pretty immaturely. I'm not saying it was all her fault. I'm not saying I don't know what fault there was of like the director to push her to that point. But when you just walk off set like that, there feels like there's some immaturity issue there. I don't know. I don't want to. I wouldn't want a blanket statement that that's just how it is if somebody walks off set. Well, meaning I've never heard, and she's never said, and the fact that she's coming back, like it doesn't sound like a situation of like what's that movie with the the James Cameron movie where he almost killed Ed Harris or whatever. Like it doesn't sound like anything like that happened. I do not know what you're talking about. You never heard about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there's a movie. I, f- I want to say it's from the late eighties. Was it the, the Abyss? I want to say. I remember the Abyss. Um, that movie very famously like. James Cameron almost pushed a couple of the actors to like the brink of nervous breakdowns and oh, like, dear. possibly almost drowned Ed Harris or something like that. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, more, more fun Marvel stuff to come. Pretty excited about that. Al. Yes. Director's cuts. How do you feel about them? Yeah. I, <laughs> you really uh, literally left me hanging this morning when you, you <laughs> messaged the flicks of the six Slack channel and said, how do you guys feel about hashtag release the Schumacher cut? And I said, wait, what now? And yeah. that was the end of the conversation. I, yeah, I intentionally left that there for later today. When we yeah, you couldn't give it. me a dot, 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 or a no. to be discussed later, or whatever. No, I couldn't. One, mostly because after I sent it, I went off to, to do something. <laughs> well, I just forgot. assumed you forgot. Is what but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but realistically, I did want to chat about it here. So uh, that's going to be the next hashtag that you'll be seeing as far as releasing cuts goes. And is this a hashtag that you're starting or no, this is a thing okay. that exists. Um, now correct they, me if I'm wrong. Am I thinking of the wrong person, but didn't Joel Schumacher die? Yes. Okay. But there is a preview cut one of Batman forever. <laughs> that is supposedly much darker and much grittier. <laughs> and you literally can't, you literally can't darken and grittify that movie. It's too bright. It's too neon. It's boiling ass. <laughs> it's too neon. There is literally is. sequences of that movie that are neon. That are only neon. <laughs> that um, man is wearing a glow stick. <laughs> and fighting a Lots bunch of, of other them. people who are wearing exploded glow sticks. Glow, glow stick earrings, glow stick lip rings. It, basically, it was a group of people who decided they wanted to have fun at cosmic bowling, but also be a gang. That's right. The cosmic bowling. Wow. I haven't thought about cosmic bowling since. Do you want to see that? <laughs> Would you want to see a dark? Do you want to? I am just. I'm just so curious. I don't think I want it, but I. I do like. I think it's gonna be like something spectacular, but I would love to see it. Well, it depends. Are we gonna have like 18 months of building up the hype for it, and then release it on HBO Max, and it's gonna be four hours long, and then also maybe in black and white, which is even darker and grittier, and it's gonna be impossible to translate the neon. I really hope. Can we do that, black and white, but just leave the neon? 
that every time Robin shows up on screen, they play the Wonder Woman music. <laughs> Wait, which one? The, the new one or the old one or the no, old, the old new- one? The, both. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I mentioned three things, but okay. <laughs> Wait, did you say the old, old new one? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the old, old new one is. No, the old, old one, I said. Oh, the old, old one. from like Is this, like, is this like a Scott Pilgrim situation where it's, this is his new old girlfriend or the new, new girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the old, new girlfriend. The old, new, the oh, old, new girlfriend and the new, new girlfriend. I'm just saying I would like to see it. I'm just curious what that means. So this is something that already exists. Well, obviously, they're not doing reshoots, reshoots 25 years later, but like... God, could you imagine if they spent $3 million on reshoots? That'd be amazing. Well, good luck de-waiting de-larging <laughs> Because his face is easily four times bigger than it was back then. Maybe they just replaced those scenes, but it's uh, it's Pete Holmes in a bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... So what, is there just an entirely separate movie? Do they just fuck around and direct two whole different movies? Because I don't know. There's no way to do that movie. Uh, not to say there isn't anything that's like kind of dark and gritty-ish in that movie. Like mm-hmm. there is some like gothic noir bullshit going on in there. That's yeah. like a vestige of the Tim Burton stuff. Well, there's the whole the whole idea of Batman's guilt. Thing, like, Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. That, right. Those whole sequences involving his like... PTSD triggers and flashbacks yeah, and that, which is kind of cool and yeah. is already dark though. Like those are the dark parts. So like I could see, I guess, a situation where it is more leaning into that. Hang on but, a second. Like, what do you do? Just cut Jim Carrey out? Hang on a second. Darker and grittier. I've got it. Is there a sequence when Batman is buried in the sand? Because sand is gritty, hmm. and from his perspective, it would be quite dark. I think to make it dark and gritty, they just cut out the line, holy rusted metal Batman, and then that's it. That's the only and change. And then Val Kilmer's, and I don't say Batman or Bruce Wayne's, Val Kilmer's going, oh, when he puts two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> because I think they left that in as Val Kilmer trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> or, you know what the dark, gritty version is? Is uh, they're inside the vault, and Batman's like, I, dude, I can't open this. And the guy just <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the movie? It's just the first, at the end of that first that's sequence? That's my hearing aid! <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy's voice. <laughs> it's boiling acid! <laughs> Uh, I can't wait till we do Batman Forever. Yeah, it's still been a while. I watched a little bit of it a couple of months ago, but I'd like to sit down and watch the whole batshit crazy thing from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, me too. Two-Face drinking out of two champagne flutes. <laughs> uh. Drew Barrymore, for some reason, as a as a Right, henchman. right. Oh, that was so bizarre. There we were will not, people we, in that movie. We, we will not be having Gary on for that episode, and we will not explain why. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Gary. It's for your own good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh boy, that uh, Jim Carrey plays a great Riddler in that movie. Yes, yes, he does. Really? I really. The thing is, I love that movie. Oh, so do I. It's yeah, funny. I we were talking about not this movie, but in a similar vein. I was talking about good bad movies and great bad movies earlier today with Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, because. Me and him both are diehard listeners to Cinephobe now, and mm. they've been doing month by month different themes. And today they kicked off Affleck Month, and they oh boy, they've already done Geely last year, the year before, and they started off with 
Smoking Aces today, which technically Whoa. he was in, I guess. I haven't seen that in a long time. I think I might have that one. I think I've seen the last like 10 minutes of that movie and that's it. Um, and we were kind of quickly debating because I was on the road. So I was off the top of my head trying to think, well, other than Geely, like what qualifies for Cinephobe? And I was like, the only thing I could think of was Paycheck, which Mike brought up as well. And then they announced at the end of the episode that oh next God, week paycheck. is Arm- Armageddon, which I couldn't believe qualified, which it has to be less than 40% of Rotten Tomatoes, either on the critics or on the fan. It's a 38% on the critics review. Surprise me. I knew it wasn't going to score well. I'm surprised it's that low, though. I, I would have guessed. I, like, I don't think I'm surprised. I would have guessed like mid 50s is, is kind of the point. And so I'm, are we yes. doing Armageddon next week? <laughs> no, we can't. We can't draft like that on Cinefo. I, I, I respect the show too much in all of its fuckery. Um, but I am super excited for that episode. And I legitimately love the movie Armageddon. Same. And Mike brought up. It's got a lot of problems. I don't care. I don't care all the problems. I, 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 I hear you. I agree. Love I don't movie. care. <laughs> I love the movie. I said that is not just a good bad movie. It's a great bad movie. It might be the greatest bad movie of all time. Mm. Yeah. It's obviously incredibly I, subjective. I think, I'm sorry. I can't hear you over Steven Tyler screaming. <laughs> <laughs> da da <wada. laughs> Um, but I love that movie. I will watch that movie every time it's on TV. I have watched that movie every time it's on TV. Hmm. I've watched watched that movie movie when it's on TV at your house in Vermont. (laughs) Yeah, correct. I've seen that movie so many times in part and in whole, like it's a tremendous. Yeah. It's also the backbone of me hating Ben Affleck. Hmm. So it's perfectly fitting that they should be doing that. Is it the first time? Is it the first time that they did it or the first time that I vividly remember the whole slingshotting around the moon? That's the thing that brought it into the public lexicon, I think. Okay, okay. And then it was Um, done in every single movie with a spaceship going forward. It might be the only bit of science that they got right in that movie, to be perfectly Mm. honest. Um, I do like, what about the space shuttle on popsicle sticks that we don't hold straight? There's something about the there's something about the orientation of the way that he's holding the toys that really it's, bothers me. You know what it is, and I can't tell what it is. I'm just gonna describe everything that's going on and see if maybe we can figure out where it's coming. Right? It's how he's holding the popsicle sticks in relation to his body. How yeah. he's holding the pops, popsicle sticks in relation to the moon he's slingshotting around, hmm? and how he's positioning his body in relation to the moon. All of it together creates something that is clearly not correctly oriented. Yeah. Um, I love that movie so much. It's so bad. So good. It's so um, much fun. Anyway. That movie starts off drilling for oil. <laughs> no, that movie starts off with multiple cities getting fucking turfed. By oh, that's right. They get meteorites. Wrecked. Then that's yeah. the problem with watching a movie on television is you're usually not catching it at the very beginning. Correct. Um, to, to kind of bring this back full circle, though. Batman Forever, same idea. Not quite to the level of Armageddon. Love that movie. Not a good movie. Love it. Great, great bad movie. Great bad movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So, I still don't know where you stand on the release of Schumacher God. Like, listen, I ain't tweeting it, the hashtag. I'm not advocating for it. I'll give it five minutes of my time if it happens to exist at some point. We're not doing an episode on it, probably, unless... We decided it's like a joint, it. an episode of doing that whole, yeah, doing Batman Forever Plus. 
Or that, let's say, like, if we happen to watch the Schumacher cut and, like, okay, no, we have to do an episode on this, sure. fine. I'm not planning an episode around it. I'm point. just saying I would easily, I would definitely buy the movie for the seventh time. No, I won't. I will not. Uh, if there's another version of it that I can watch. I have that no. movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that sentence so much. <laughs> but it's accurate. <laughs> I have that movie so, so much. much. So much. I have it. I have it here. I have it there. <laughs> I have it so much. <laughs> no! <laughs> Why did I just sound like Luke Skywalker when Obi-Wan gets killed? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't sell it that well. Um, anyway, release that. I'll watch that. No more since <laughs> we covered that. Uh, what's going on with the succession? Oh, boy. What is going on with Succession? Let me tell you what's going on with Succession Season 3. Because they are loading up for Bear on Variety today. Succession Season 3 casts Adrian Brody. Brody is the latest addition to the cast of the third season of the hit HBO series, with Alexander Skarsgård having been announced as a new addition on Monday. The main cast of the show currently includes... Brian Cox, Jeremy Strong. Is there like a Skarsgård quota like that all TV and movies need to hit? I don't know, but I'm still freaked out by the fact that it took me. Like, I knew that he was his son, but just hearing him in Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, he sounds so much like his dad when he talks normal. It's mm. creeping me out now. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm actually a big fan of his, his father. His father's a really good actor. Um, sure. Alexander's fine. Um, sorry, anyway. Main cast currently includes Brian Cox, Ooh. Jeremy Strong. Sorry, let me do this again. <laughs> Is it is it Oscar winning or Oscar nominated Brian Cox? Uh, Emmy winner Jeremy Strong. Emmy nominated Kieran Culkin. Sarah Snook, Haim Abbas. Emmy nominated Nicholas Braun. <laughs> Peter Friedman. Emmy nominated Matthew McFadden. Alan Ruck, Rob Yang, and more. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so Brody will guest star as Josh Aronson a billionaire activist investor who becomes pivotal in the battle for the ownership of Waystar Royco, which um, at the end of season two, spoiler alert, considering they're doing this in this story here, ambushed by his rebellious son, Kendall, uh, Jeremy Strong at the end of season two, Logan Roy Cox begins season three in a perilous position, scrambling to secure familial, political, and financial alliances. Tensions rise as a bitter corporate battle threatens to turn into a family civil war. Um, it's now the second HBO project Brody has booked recently. Uh, he is also set to play NBA coach Pat Riley in the premium cablers upcoming drama series about Los Angeles Lakers in the 1980s. I'm actually really excited for that show. Cause I'm pretty sure Adam McKay is also making that or at least executive producing it in the same way that he did him and Will Ferrell did succession, which makes no sense to me. Amazing. But I'm not going to ask any questions because the it's a great, it's a fucking phenomenal show. Hmm. Cool. They, I said, I, I think they, I forget who else. I thought they added someone else. There's nothing names. in here as to who it was added in season three, but season two had a lot of like famous like stars who add who joined for like an episode or a half a season run or whatever. So this is super I'm exciting. I'm kind of blown I, away that you're saying season three. It feels like the show's been on forever. There was a long gap between season one and two, like mm. let's call it eighteen months, and then oh okay. Uh, obviously, pandemic has now pushed this off about 18 months. So. I guess that makes sense. Cause I would have guessed easily four, maybe five. So like having a break and then that makes sense. Is it, do I need to get into the show? Is that oh, absolutely. I've been telling okay. you since the okay. first season. 
Um, it's it's so good. If again, I read you all the lists of names who were they basically not were nominated for and or won all of the Emmys last year for season two. It's that fucking good. Like all of those nominations were basically warranted. It's a tremendous show. It's funny. It's super dark. It's incredible, compelling drama. It's really well done. Um, I do not think you will regret watching it in any way, shape, or form. Plus, it has possibly, at least this side of Game of Thrones, the greatest title sequence slash title sequence music that you will find for the last decade. Okay. That sounds fun. I'm bored with that. All right, maybe I'll check that out. I think I need a new show anyway. Uh, What else is happening? Do you have any other news and nuggets? I think that was all the news and nuggets that I listened to pre-show, so. I believe that's true. I think that means it's time for fun and games. Correct. Al, are you ready? I'm ready. We're doing 20 questions. Good, I have picked a film. Now, be honest. Did you have the movie when I texted you earlier? Uh... I had this. Uh, this was another one that I had. I have. A, I had a few on my list when I okay. actually thought this up. So no, I only said it because I forgot until like an hour and a half oh, before gotcha. we did it last week. So <laughs> I wanted to know if you were in the same bowl where you forgot it was your turn. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, begin. Oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> go. Go. Uh, commence. Start moving. Technically, you've been racing for three minutes now, <laughs> and Nick um, is winning because he's closest, closest to the, to the door. door. <laughs> Okay. Was this movie released before? Oh, sorry. Was this movie released after the year 2000? Yes. Okay. I've, I have found this to be a very powerful first question for me. Okay. Is this, was this movie nominated for any Oscars? Yes. Oh, um, meaning like when I say that any of like the major awards, not like set design or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Was this movie a part of any franchise or is it a standalone movie? Sorry, was it part of franchise? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was asking more for like clarification than I was for sure. like, you know. Sure. Could you could <clears throat> you I, I feel like that's a, there's a there's a hack in there, right? Where you could lump a few questions together. That's like an or. Right. Sure, that wasn't my intention. It was. Uh, I mean, wasn't very sure. Cool. That's definitely not your intention on the on the because either way the answer is yes because it's one or the other. <laughs> um. Okay. So you said it was not. It is not. Part of, okay. Um. Is this based on any work from another medium, like say a book or a video game or a whatever? Uh. Please hold. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure this is information I can easily find. Typically, if you look at the screenplay credits, it'll say okay. based on a novel by, or it won't say that if it's not. Okay, one second. I'm gonna. I'm just do a quick, quick Google. Is it the island? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still. I'm still fucked up by that. Uh. So, so what was your question again? <laughs> Is basically I'm trying to ask: Is this movie adapted from something like a book or a comic book or a video game? I am or? fairly confident that no is the answer to that. Okay, it's weird to me. That, here's that, the thing: 
You don't know for sure. There could be some depth, like there could be something, some written piece that is not like super easily credited or found. So for for the interest of this game continuing in the future, you uh-huh. go to IMDb. Yeah. And you go to like it'll if you scroll down to writers, uh-huh. it it'll say, for instance, I have the without remorse thing open, right? Uh-huh. And so it says written writing credits. And you see screenplay by, screen story by, and then on the bottom it says Based on the novel by Tom oh, Clancy. Okay, perfect. No. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was like, I don't understand why this is so difficult for you to find. <laughs> I wonder if if, if you'll understand later. <laughs> <laughs> is this based on a true story? No. Okay. I feel like I lost a question there, like trying to like get all the grounds covered. I, um, I, want, I want to tell you that I was easily able to say no after looking up the answer to the other well, question. Well, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, you said you'll understand later. I was like, I you, feel like there's some still weird caveat still, here. You'll still understand later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, this movie released after 2010. Yes. Okay. Okay. I still don't have anything to go on here. <sighs> At the risk of causing more problems is the <laughs> oh boy. Is the director a man or a woman? You can't ask that question. You have to uh, rephrase Jesus. it. <laughs> is the director a man? Yes. Okay. Way, know, to, didn't... way to rule out like a movie <laughs> based on the way nominations go. <laughs> it's just it just just trying to narrow the focus however I can. <laughs> is it I want to get is it not this movie? <laughs> well, somehow we've had the two most unlikely hang-ups on a director question both of the last two weeks. Is it Michael Bay? Uh, how the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> no, um <sighs> I like this game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you're only seven questions in, so you got you got some. I know that's that's the problem is I'm so competitive when it comes to this sort of thing oh, that I really that you like you almost have like paralysis and like you don't want to. I, I don't, no, I want to get it on the next one. <laughs> well, the point is once I'm once I get to like number like question thirteen, I'm like the sweat is gonna start. Oh, yeah, so like yeah yeah, you take um, your shirt off if it was on. <laughs> yeah, it's already off. So um, pants, I guess. <laughs> Honey, where are my pants? <laughs> Okay. Is this movie... Would this movie in any way, shape, or form be considered an action movie? No. Okay. <laughs> to define action. No, I'm kidding. No, no, yes. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion all of a sudden that I may know what it is. I'm trying to find my way to get there. Hmm. That if it's not that, that I'm not totally fucking myself going down that rabbit hole. Ooh, that's a good point. It's always um, a risky game to play. Right? Okay. <sighs> I, I don't know what made me think about this, too, because it's not based on anything that we've done. So we've, you've answered so far, really. Kind of in the way that Michael Bay was. Um, well, I guess I could ask the same question. Was this movie directed by Paul Thomas Anderson? <laughs> yes. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> um, does this movie... Heavily features someone being poisoned by their significant other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> would 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 some people, namely me, 
describe this movie as a delight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is this movie the Phantom Thread? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> it is Phantom Thread. You missed the title. <laughs> you... No, it, it is. It is. I was. Uh, I was really hoping that you were going to ask me, "Is this a good movie?" And I was going to immediately go, "No." <laughs> That's way too subjective a question. I'm trying to get very concrete, objective answers here. One of the um, one of the things I thought recently was like one a great question. Uh, maybe I'll hold on to this until it becomes relevant. I'm going to hold on to it until I need to ask it. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. I see. I think you meant specifically to this movie. But you mean no, generically no. like this part of this. Is this movie a garbage fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm trying to like. Roma. Damn. I got it wrong. <laughs> there were so many different ways that I could have tried to get in like more detail of the Oscars. But I was afraid that one, they were going to become too specific and I wasn't going to narrow it enough. Right. And so what happened there was. Because it only won one Oscar. Yeah. And it wasn't I was for anything that you would have, that you personally, like, count as, like, one of the big ones. So I was trying to get away from movies. Like I was going to ask a question, and I realized it was a little bit too nebulous. I think you would have answered in the spirit of the, of the question, to, you know. But I was going to basically ask, is this movie Oscar bait? Um, uh-huh. you know, because that movie yeah. is because like I wanted to rule out something like the Dark Knight or Black Panther. Well, I mean right. Black Panther was part of franchise, and so was Dark Knight. But you know what I mean? Like, is, is this an Oscar movie or is this a February Oscar movie? <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't know what's uh, for some reason. I think really when I asked if it was in any way, shape, or form action, that rules out so many Oscar movies. And yeah. you saying you'll understand later, and I'm like. I don't know why that triggered Phantom Thread in my mind because it doesn't even like it's not even something we've because it's about. like it's kind of based on the idea of like four other people, but it's not really a person, and it's not based on a true story, but it's based on it's kind of grounded in a time. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, is what you were like, you'll understand later. I was like, is this gonna be one of those things where it's like based on someone's life, but technically not a book written about that person. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something like the darkest hour. I don't think that was based on a specific book, but it's based on real events. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. You got it. You got it in 12. You probably got it in like nine, but yeah, I was really trying to be, it was like, you know, when you're playing wheel of fortune and like, you've clearly solved the puzzle, but then you're like oh, yeah. getting greedy and you're like, does it have a K? And it's like, just, you know, you know, really, you know, it really grinds my gears. Can we talk about this for a minute? When you okay. watch a Wheel of Fortune and like they know the answer and they're like, can I buy an A? Why? Why are you buying that? Listen, What's if you, you want to get if you want to get risky and you want to spin and then like rack respect. up a few dollars. Yeah. Fine. You have a gambling problem. It's risk fine. reward. I can get behind that. But if you're when buying you very an A answer. and you know the answer, you're stupid. You're actively <laughs> sabotaging yourself. Yeah. <laughs> also, let me take a look at your finances because I'm sure they're trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got a. I don't like. I don't like decisions like that. <laughs> Let us get into our flick of the week. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, released in 2021, rated R with an hour and 49 minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis: John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. Conspiracy, <laughs> you know, conspiracy in these kinds of movies, which is fine. I uh, I appreciate a good conspiracy. Uh, little 
little obvious conspiracy in certain aspects, but it's fun. It's fun. Al, why don't you give me your tweet length review? Solid, if unspectacular, action fair carried on the back of Michael B. Jordan, who has cemented himself as a legitimate action star. Six out of ten. Oh, nice. Cool. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse is an incredibly heavy, dark, and realistic action thriller that delivers on what you would expect, and even more so where you don't. Seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, I, I was... I was I was up for a movie like this. I didn't know I was up for a movie like this until I was watching it, and I was having a very good time. Like I was like, as far as like enjoying the movie, obviously like it's dark, but like I, yeah, I thought, like well executed. I thought it was fun. Nothing uh, overly shocking by any means. Uh, as far as like a movie like this goes, I feel like that like you. Well, you very you very quickly feel like okay, one of the two people who's supposed to be on his side is going to be. Betraying him, and it's just a question of which one. <laughs> oh, I, I I didn't even think that it was. I, I it, it was very rapidly not a question for me. As soon as I like, obviously, we're going spoilers as we do on this show. As soon as I met the secretary, I was like, oh, that's the bad guy. Like, well, it's it's like very- spoiler <laughs> alert: when you cast Guy Pierce, you're just going to assume that's the bad guy. <laughs> right. Well, because because like, they, they they that's the power really- broker. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Well, but they they work very hard to make Jamie Bell look suspicious as well. Mm-hmm. And like he's the early favorite, and then as soon as Guy Pierce walks on the screen, I was like, okay, well, unless he's doing the weird James Purefoy thing, where like he gets one role where he's not the bad guy, then yeah, yeah. that's the it's like, hey, it's like oh, like the, the, this one's very obvious. It's this guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that. That's There's how nothing it. more obvious though than being Guy Pierce. In uh, in on that same note though, other guy. Oh, what was his name? Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Other that's guy who was like could have obviously been the bad guy. Is it was obviously being like Lordern in uh, in episode eight. It's like just withholding information. Like just give me the information, and we could skip part of this. <laughs> you know, like 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 the part where like I just assume you're an asshole. Like all of that can go away if you just tell me what the is <laughs> going on. <laughs> have you not? Have I not? Have I not proven to you that I will set a man on fire? Just tell me what's happening. And one of those men might be myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. What, oh my goodness. Great scene. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Going back for a moment. Uh, intrigue from the beginning. Movie kicks off. Things go sideways. Oh, it's not the mission we thought we were on. Like, ah, something else is happening. I wasn't given all the information. Oh, no, my friend's going to die. Leave her? Are you nuts? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it's pretty it's a pretty strong way to open a film, I think. Yeah. Get you, get you that was rope, pretty, rope pretty thrilling. Thrilling little action sequence to get started. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm down with that. And I was like, oh, oh, oh this guy's an asshole. I was like, I hope <laughs> he gets his later on. Uh, <laughs> well, well, just, just another in a long line of mysterious CIA assholes. Right, <laughs> right, for sure. But then, you know, movie cu- continues, <laughs> progresses. We, uh, we do a nice hard stop after all the intense adrenaline of the opening of the film. We got a nice barbecue, which uh, it's always there's always a good barbecue scene. You know. In an espionage movie, I feel like that's espionage and or war movie because there's yeah. always the opening we're at war, then we come home, yeah. barbecue, going back to war. Yeah, uh, and then uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Coleman Domingo. I uh, n- I was uh, a little underutilized for my liking. I like that guy. I think that he has he's a uh, he's got that real thespian delivery about him <laughs> yeah he was he turned up to 11 for his whole run of fear the walking dead he turned Actually, he might still be 11 on always <laughs> so he might still be on that show i forget because he was dead for a while on the show but then he wasn't dead he was actually alive he survived 
it was very soap opera-y. Oh, yeah. yeah he was back for a long time. Then I stopped watching the show, but I think he might still be on it. I don't know. He very much commit, committed to whatever that raspy voice thing was that he was doing, which I respected. Like, it's like, I know that's not your voice, and it's a little bit uh I, I don't know. On, it, it, that's, wait, in this movie? Yeah. Well, no, because that's exactly how he sounds in Fear the Walking Dead, too. So I think that might I don't be think so. I feel, like he, I feel like he had, like, an extra layer of raspy on top of it. Uh, maybe. It's the character he was doing. He was in <laughs> the, the zone. Priest? <laughs> the priest? What? Was he not a priest in this? In this? Reverend? Whatever? Was he not was a reverend he, I, in this? I, no, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, was he not the really one? got him for like five minutes. Is, so. he, is he not the one that's overseeing the funeral at the end of the movie? Is that what's happening? Pastor my, West. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. I don't think I'm misremembering that he's no, in like right. the third scene and the last scene in this movie and yeah. nothing more. Uh, either Could have used more of him. I, I might have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, I got to be honest, I didn't actually fall asleep on this movie, but... I was flirting with the idea of it at some point, and that is entirely the fact that I was watching this after several glasses of wine on a Friday night, sure. which is a deadly combination when trying to get through a movie. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's something funny with this movie of like a lot of it is super predictable, right? It's pretty formulaic for like a movie like this where you kind of know where what things are going to happen when. Maybe not exactly how they're going to happen, but you could be like, this is you could check boxes like this right. is going to happen. Right. That's going to happen. So uh, dad's feeding his kids some grapes. I'm like, oh, this is cute. And he goes outside alone. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> also, got to be honest. Elite Navy SEAL. Not able to have the situational awareness to know that there's a van bearing down on him in the middle of the van gonna get you. Van gonna get you. (laughs) Just to the, just to the, listen, maybe he gets hit by the van, right? Yeah. But doesn't even like peek his head around like, hey, that van sounds like it's coming awfully quick. Oh God. You know what I mean? Like just totally blindsided. He's distracted. He's distracted by his adorable children who maybe the worst part about that scene is hearing the kids afterwards. Sure. Um, Did not, which wasn't a fan was, of that. was actually a nice little bit of filmmaking, I guess. Not great to listen to, but like no, it was, it was movie yeah, making. Attention to Strong. detail, for sure. Yeah, uh, off-screen off scream of someone witnessing a, a murder of their father. But like, ha- you've lived on residential streets. I've lived on residential streets. We mm-hmm. live on residential streets currently. You know the sound of a fast-approaching view. Right. You can hear it from a, literally a mile away. Right. Electric van? Creamed by that fan. The green, but uh, another attention to detail. It's not the hit. It's not the hit. It's not the second thump. It's the third thump that gets you. It's the it's the back wheels over the neck that gets you. <laughs> Hashtag the third thump. Oh, he's looking the wrong way. He's looking thump. the wrong way. Thump. <laughs> thump. <laughs> the third thump. Is this like the hashtag is this like, release the fourth thumb? Oh god! Is this like the uh, the key and peel? Uh, the 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 third was it the third pump? Wasn't that the third pump with the the uh, the touchdown celebration the with the football game where you're allowed two hip thrusts, but the third one is it gets flagged? Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, so that goes down, and I'm like, okay, this is the movie we're watching. And then, uh, you know, somebody else gets shot in the car. And I was like, well, obviously, we knew that that one was going next, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. Was, uh, uh, I was like, oh, you're about to get wrecked. As soon as the second person gets killed, right? It's like, okay, so everyone's going to die. Fantastic. And it was a bit, like, it was a little extra. Like, they shot him up. A lot. They shot him up a second time. 
And then like pop, pop, pop afterwards. And I was like, just to be sure, which I mean, okay. Like you didn't just want to dump the clip into him all at once. Like we got to do it in three bursts. Get, Hashtag yeah. the third burst. Get, get the job done. Uh, then we get uh, John Kelly at home and I'm like, okay. So obviously, you know, he's not dying because main character. Uh, so let's see how this plays out. And then he's saying goodnight to his wife. And I'm thinking to myself, surely Al would not suggest a movie to me in which a man's pregnant wife <laughs> gets murdered. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> so Brian was supposed to, well, actually he wasn't supposed to be on this. episode. he was supposed to be on last week's episode with us, but he seemed excited for this movie, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised by. What I was surprised by was him deciding to undertake the entire Clancy verse, sure. um, which I'm, I'm very proud of him. And I, mm-hmm. I hope that he enjoys. I think he will, especially if he enjoyed without remorse, the book, which he started reading, which chronologically is the first in all of the Jack Ryan series, despite the fact that Jack Ryan is in about four pages of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like 15 years old or something like that. Obviously, they were going to change some things because they were modernizing this story. That book took place during like the Vietnam War, and so now we're doing a modernized version. And he's in—he was in what Aleppo, right? Was mm-hmm. when that opening scene happened, and I was like, okay, they're changing up a lot of things here, and it sounds like they're going to lean into the espionage, which ended up being correct. Which that most of the main plot of this is not remotely like the plot of the book the book is very heavy on like death wish stuff like where it's like vigilante rolling up like criminals in the city of baltimore i'm nowhere to occupants <laughs> yeah except this guy's got a silence pistol that he made himself sure oh <laughs> he kills the shit out of a lot of i want to say prostitution ring I'm, i kind of forget actually there's definitely a prostitute that he saves in, at some point in that book but the one thing that I remembered as it was going on was, yeah, kind of. Uh, no, I don't think it was like a 13-year-old prostitute, though. So, um, The one thing that I recalled as the opening sequence of this was going down was I was like, so I'm pretty sure his wife died. Was it during the book or before the book? I know he's dealing with the trauma of that during the course of the book. Oh, they're definitely, they just hit his whole team and they're going to kill his wife. Yeah. This all at least is the same. And so end of sidebar. Okay, so uh, uh, leading up to that sequence, uh, Michael B. Jordan is a tank. First off, he's uh, a large dude. He's a he is a very fit man, uh, and he is a powerhouse. But no more evident than him showing those pistachios who's boss. <laughs> 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 I mean, just housing pistachios. Like this, he's not even breathing. He is breathing. He's breathing in pistachios. <laughs> Literally inhaling pistachios. He's got pistachio lung. Yeah, pistachio. I've got the green lung pop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh man, but, uh, that that whole that whole scene. They did a good job of raising the tension in there. It's like oh, he's not gonna know the how's he gonna know the power is dead if he's using Bluetooth headphones and a wireless computer. Oh no, this is terrible. Ah. Oh classic his battery's dead al knows this his battery's always dead this will be great he's gonna go <laughs> charge it he can't charge it he takes a maybe a little bit too long to realize why he can't charge it that that i was like okay all right the suspense is killing me at this point get up do something about this takes out the gun does some 
some fancy flat. I was like, you really gonna turn the light on? He's just checking that it has batteries. He's like, no, oh, good attention to detail. Good attention to detail. <laughs> Making sure that the light works. Uh, another solid, strong piece of uh, attention to detail. He doesn't. He doesn't make it scot free out of that altercation. I was like, I was. He got lit up, and I was like, oh. Well, it's a it's a it's a squad of dudes dressed for bad intentions with submachine guns, and it's him in a t-shirt with a pistol and a flashlight. So, yeah, realistic that while he might get the better of them, he isn't fucking Superman, right? But there was something there was really there was something awesome about that. How he's trained, right? He he was not he he's not going to hesitate on account of like where his head's at and how he operates. So it makes sense that he was able to get the jump on a number of them. Yes. Before, I mean, kind of getting the jump on the last guy a, a bit, but like it was, it was fairly even where he gets himself hit. Uh, and I was like, Oh, like that's actually pretty, I, I think they, they did a good job there. The him crawling through the rest of the house though, that, that hurt. Cause we, we all know where that's going. And uh, that was just a really intense scene. And uh, you put me through that. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, uh, it was something that it didn't fully click for me that that was a part of his origin until like five minutes before it happened. Because, listen, I read the book, enjoyed the book. It's been about 10 years, and I've read all of the Clancy books, so they do, to some extent or other, blur together a bit. Mm -hmm. And all of them, like the shortest of them is like 600 pages. So, like, it's a lot of text. Yeah, all right. I, I hear you. I hear you. But uh, anyway, that was that was pretty pretty intense. Uh, I'll grant you the timing of it was not perfect for you. It's in the stage of life that you're in right now it was not <laughs> ideal. But the uh, coming back though, like you know, get getting out of the hospital, uh, working his friend to get some information about where to go next was pretty cool. I do think that the whole revenge sequence of him, like I was like, what is he doing? And he's like, he's like, he's opens up the vodka. I was like, is he like re- really just going hard right now? I was like, no, like all of this has a purpose. That's kind of what I liked about the movies. Everything that he does, specifically when they have him on screen, uh, you like really focus on like everything that he's doing. Like it's super calculated. Is that like that a character was, thing for him throughout? Yes. Book? So unfortunately, that was like the only nod to the character in the movie. Like, yes, like the Navy SEAL stuff. Absolutely. Like the fact that he is always calm under pressure, like thinks of clever ways in and out of like actions, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's all. But as far as the resourcefulness of the character, Mm. he's probably his defining quality. There's so much of that in the book without remorse. And also in all the other books he appears in, in the Ryan, some of them he's in more, some of them he's in less, but he always has some clever little thing that he can like jury rig or he finds a way to come up with something that seems relatively innocuous that becomes incredibly deadly in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like not MacGyver, MacGyver, no, not, things. not Columbo or MacGyver, <laughs> like, no, like better and more realistic than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't want to spoil anything from any other books or movies. Yeah. Or I actually, I, I kind of want to read a few and see how I like, I that. think you'd enjoy them, but like there was one particularly audacious one where like they do like the hardcore setup of what's to come. And I'm like, where are we going with this? And then his plan unfolds. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how? Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. But like, so that was the only scene that really was a nod to that side of the character, which is a super important. There's two, I feel like there's two scenes. Okay. Off the top of my head, that's the one that's okay. coming off to me is, is him faking the drunk thing to like 
to, to which was awesome. Like the idea, I was like, oh, he's like, is he going? Is he melting down right now? Like, what's which happening? Which totally right? like. And this is actually really expert filmmaking, right? Because totally would have been understandable for him oh, to yeah. get fucking loaded in his depression. And no, he could not be more calm and calculated in this moment. He has singular purpose that he is going to burn everything down, literally. In the director's cut, there's a scene right before that where he's eating asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he pees all over his clothes. He pours the liquor all over his head. <laughs> But he doesn't actually drink it, which is great. Like, that was a great move because, like, and then the... He, he, literally, he literally doused himself in this. What was awesome about that, though, was, like, the way that he executes the scene so he could find out where the guy is, which car he's in, all that. Um, but the way that he... The way that he... I think Michael B. Jordan's a really good actor. And like, the way that he walks away from that sequence, uh, hobbling a bit still, and then immediately switches his face, I'm like... Oh, straight up oh, Kyler says ain't it. That was really good. <laughs> and then he just wrecks that one wrecks it with the with the uh the uh the tow truck. I was like, what's he doing here? I will say hmm. I like was tracking what's going on. I was like, okay, he's following them. This is gonna have a climactic scene. He chose to engage them in an airport terminal. Yeah. Is there like a more scrutinized area by police forces like in the country? Yeah. Like outside of like the White House or a military sure. base. Is there a worse place he could ambush someone publicly? No. Th- that being said, uh I've seen I've seen the cops at my airport respond to things. It's slow. <laughs> I'm not saying whether or not the quality of the cops. I'm just saying there's a lot of them. Sure. Sure. Like, well, I think by I, design, by design at an airport. What's awesome about it, though, is like he has an intent, a clear intention going in and he knows how it's playing out. He knows that he's not he's going to get arrested. He knows yeah, he doesn't seem to much care because right. he feels like he's got a trump card to get out of it. There was something pretty amazing, though, about the he sets that car on fire. And like I was like, now what? I was like, oh, you just like because it, it, they, they did they they did a, a little bait and switch like a few times within those that span of 10 minutes right it was like oh like he's about to get himself he's getting wrecked right now because he's a he's miserable no he's actually super planning something out and then when he sets the entire car on fire i was like oh he's really just going for the revenge plot and i was like oh. and, and and or like if, he, if you're gonna go clever it's like oh he's gonna smoke him out and then grab him all right nope <laughs> and, then he, and then he goes in the car and i was like oh damn and then like that whole sequence in the car was super intense uh, the torture sequence, the uh, very, uh, I feel like maybe within the last 10 years, more so maybe the last six, the whole, I'm going to cover my face when I shoot you so I don't get blood on it. Like, there's a, like, that's a thing that's happened more recently than not, I feel like. I guess I haven't noticed that, but I would say that overall, this scene reminded me maybe a bit of Man on Fire. Yeah. When he goes on that montage of interrogations and kidnappings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was that was pretty cool. Get the information now. He knows he has the card, uh, and he plays it. But this is the scene that I was getting at before, when he is in the jail cell. The whole like wrapping his knuckles up, turning the water on, flooding the cell, making himself slick, and then making the floor slick, and like getting prepared for it. I was like, this is amazing what visual language there right of like i know exactly what he's doing i know exactly how he's planning it how he's going about it not a word is spoke i love that the whole show don't tell like make that whole scene work and the intensity of the music raising while he's doing it and him getting like him he's like almost uh he's, he's definitely channeling some of his uh his his creed creed yeah there, the, that too, kind of do, like, the boxing bounce in there like getting yeah. ready to fight and i was like you're not gonna come in the cell 
and try to grab Creed. You're not going to do it right now. <laughs> and then they do. And then he wrecks them. And it was awesome. <laughs> and then he's just like, I forgot what he said. <laughs> he just, what did he say after he gets them? Oh, he's got the one guy in the chokehold. And he's just like, he closed the door and starts snapping necks. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, yes, I, I guess you're right to an extent this scene kind of but we've seen versions of this before and other not like it, it's so downgraded just, though like yeah but I just, it's it. it's so much more ostentatious than the other mm. scene and it's sure. it's like it's it's meant to be more about the machismo than it is about the i thought it was i thought it was more so the fact that it, he didn't skip a beat and he didn't plan on doing this hours before this was something sure. that happened in the moment and he was like yes, it, he's it all switched on. And he was just like, boom, loaded it up, splash the water, get everything ready. Like he, he just went. <laughs> yeah. His ability to react in the moment, obviously is important and all of that. I, I just, I just meant like the whole idea of like finding this like clever solution and being super like, I don't know. It, 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 that's just, a, it was such a heady move that he, the other scene that this, this one was more just felt very like instinctual. Definitely an action. Like, it muscle, was an action muscle memory scene. type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was cool though. I think they did a great job. But you know, we got our we got our sequence. We get him out of there. He goes to meet the secretary. Where I'm like, okay, bad guy. Um, and then, <laughs> but the whole thing, they have that conversation. He has to be in the room with the guy that he hates right now because the guys are withholding information. They could all they could be on the same team already if he would just stop being a dick. <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess movies have to happen, right? And then, uh, <laughs> but. He's just like, oh, but when this is all over, you go back to prison. And I was like, wait, what? We're okay with this? You're going to agree to that? And he's just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> hey, man, he's a man on a mission, and vengeance is all that matters. Seriously. What, what, what life does he have to have to go to back to? So That's true. Al, here's where we come up to the point of the movie that really, really bothers me. Right? More so than what we talked about earlier? Um, more so in a comical sense. Okay. We, we know. Listeners of the show know, you know, I love me a good Halo jump. <laughs> <laughs> and I was robbed. <laughs> I felt very robbed. I was like, oh, we're going to do that? Awesome. I love when we do that. It's fun. It's 30 seconds of fun. Then they blew the plane up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not a Halo jump. <laughs> That's a crash. It went down. It's a crash, it's <laughs> yeah. crash landing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did like, uh, again, oh, we want to talk about resourcefulness again. Uh, when the plane is crashing, he's going to get whatever he's getting. I don't really remember. I don't know what he was it the boat. I think so. I think it's but the boat. I also zodiac. Kind of well, he says gear, so it it like it was the zodiac, but it was other their other shit too. But it was mostly. I feel like it was mostly the boat, so that they can get out of the situation they were in. Yeah. But anyway, but the whole idea of him like first off the the plane straight up second. VHS of Titanic's and it breaks in half and it starts sinking <laughs> and it's I was like oh boy and then <laughs> it's, what I guess that's a verb what a right what a weird verb but he, uh, he, are those all hyphenated together second are. VHS of the Titanic that's right but he uh, he swims down there and as he's going he's grab this is another resourcefulness thing he's grabbing all the all the life vests. To make a like a Fulton system and just like sucking, and I was like, "This is," I was like, "This is pretty cool." And just just to make it a little bit more realistic, he kind of gets screwed, and then he opens it, and then he can't open the thing that it's got to go through. I was like, "Oh man, that just made this so much worse." <laughs> <laughs> but there was a great great scene in there of him 
taking that last breath of air and the, mm-hmm. the air coming in and the water filling the space that I thought was a really awesome scene. Yeah, I, who even directed this movie? Because there are a couple, like a handful of things where like, you Stefano do kind of have to... Solima. That does not help me at all. Um, he's an Italian gentleman from Rome, born in 1966. He did Sicario, which we never did. Day of the, day well, of the I think he did the second yeah. Sicario. <laughs> zero, um, zero, zero. Gamora. Not a lot of... Well, he did a lot of Italian things. The Legend of Red Hand. He did a lot of Italian things. A short called The Legend of Red Hand. Sicario, Day of the Soldado, which I never saw that. That's the sequel, I guess. And then mm-hmm. this, and then he has some other movie in the pre-production called Cult, which does not have a date or anything, I guess. But it looks like another Italian thing. Anyway, he did, that was a great scene. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because, like, there's weirdly some, like, really cool little, like, notes. Like, we talked about, like, some visual language stuff, some attention to detail, like, off-screen, someone yelling and all that stuff in a way that feels very real, which is yeah. it's cool to feel like the world is, like, actually exists and is lived in and all that, but... uh Right. It's not just what's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, when we make it into the safe house and, like, he, you know, he snaps on... on on withholding CIA guy, uh, that's when it really I, it, it triggered. I was like, "Oh man, I really hate this character type." I hate, <laughs> the, I hate. I also hate this mechanic in movies of withholding information for the sake of moving the movie forward. I just feel like there could be a better way of doing it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, if he if the other guy has some form of agenda, fine. Well, he does. He does have an agenda. Yeah, but. It, it, I don't know. There's like he. It seems like he would have more to gain of like pairing up with this guy. Well, basically, it comes down to he doesn't trust anyone because yeah. he knows there's someone. The whole point is he knows there's someone who is dirty. He doesn't know who the fuck it is. So he's just gonna trust no one. Sure, but I, which makes they, him look so like the suspicious one. That is more. You have to. You kind of piece that together from how he acts and what he does. But I feel like maybe they maybe they should have just given him a little bit more spotlight. I don't know. They they should have done something. I, I feel like there needed to be more with him or more established with that character um, to make it work. Rather than making, I guess the the idea is that they they're they're putting they're dangling him in front of you so that you maybe you don't look too far. But as a person who watches more than one movie, you know it's not him. Yeah, he's a plot device for the first two acts of this movie, and doesn't become a character until the third act. But in order for the some of that drama to be compelling. He needs to be a character early on mm-hmm. and he's just not really. So yeah. you start to get those frustrations of you just see him for what he is as a plot device, right? He's the guy who's going to create this internal tension with like the team and all that. And the sense of betrayal and it ends up being a red herring and the all taste that of betrayal. <laughs> taste of betrayal. Um, it's interesting because that's a character from not without remorse. The book it's from, I guess he was in Hunt for Red October and Play in Present Danger, I think. Um, and he actually ends up being a duplicitous character, I hmm. think, in that. The movie version of it, he definitely was, but I've never actually seen all of Clear and Present Danger, the movie, so I forget how it tracks and doesn't track. I know some of the things, they get wildly wrong in that movie, but I don't know overall if it's exactly the same as that book was. Gotcha. Um it's funny because there's that character, and then there's Greer, not Greer, yeah, sorry, Greer, who is 
the main Greer's niece in the books, I guess. But I don't know if this character actually existed in the books or if they just chose to create like a name connection for the purpose of the world building of this. Oh, interesting. Um, which I, I don't really object to because it's fine because you're creating a connection point. Like it's just kind of an like aha type of moment. But uh, yeah, you get you're used to and you're expecting some sort of like shadiness from the Ritter character because that's who Ritter was. And in this case, you need that from a plot perspective to throw off the total and complete like, oh, you know, it's the secretary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, some of it can be frustrating. But I like as opposed to the situation with the Dern character from Star Wars. In this case, he's banking on the whole like legacy of all those CIA characters that you've seen in a million movies where, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be shady and or withhold information and or manipulate you and all that. So like, that's all, those are all things that he does. He's checking those boxes. Right. And so I guess it's slightly more understandable and justifiable, but like still ultimately frustrating because it's not fully fleshed out enough. Yeah. To be more compelling. Well, yeah, I do. I do like the, I like that character turning around throughout the movie, which is good. Um, I enjoyed that just because I, I like a good, I like that type of storyline, right? Where the character does kind of come into the fold. It's just a little bit, it was clunky up front about everything else. I, uh, you brought up Greer. I liked the, the dynamic between Kelly and Greer is awesome, but I will say I was a little bit confused about it early on. I, I kind of thought they were on like the same level as the movie was getting going. And then no, she was an officer. He's uh NCO. Right, but I feel like that wasn't that wasn't super clear to me in the opening of the movie, but it was clear to me like not that long afterwards. It was like, oh, okay, mis- misunderstood a portion of this, which is fine. Um, well, it's interesting because they got that dynamic right, where especially when you're in the seals, um, a like low level officer is going to lean on the expertise of a high level NCO because, well, technically, obviously, the officer outranks the the NCO he's been around for much longer and has mm. seen a lot more action. So they lean on them to kind of talk them down and, and give them like the gritty, like on the the ground, like boots on the ground type of information that they may in context they may be missing. So mm. that, that type of relationship is actually was, I thought pretty accurate. Okay, cool. The uh, one thing that was, I feel like maybe a little bit of a misstep, the whole, when Greer and Kelly are in with the secretary and uh, douchepants and the CIA <laughs> boss and uh, Greer says something like says that it, uh, she doesn't think Kelly's fit to do the mission. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Right. Like I understand. She obviously I feel like maybe that oh, while if it was stretched out any longer, that whole section of her doubting his mental capacity at the moment would have probably actually felt very drawn out in the movie. It almost felt like that bit of it was rushed because like it kind of had to be done of like, mm-hmm. yeah, his wife died. It's like somebody needs to acknowledge this. Like, like that, like that is what it, it felt like checking boxes to get through that. Whereas like that tapers off relatively quickly of like, okay, I, I said, I said he wasn't fit for duty, but now I'm like relying heavily on him. Not five minutes later. Like that's, it was something, it was something about the execution there where it felt rushed, but I also respect the fact that if they had slowed it down, the movie would have dragged. Yeah. I mean, you can't get caught up in the minutia of like his ability or not ability to do it. Cause then you're just not going to have a movie at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it can, it can almost feel like lip service, the fact that she's like, says it and then they're like, okay, yeah, that's nice. Now let's go do it. You know? Mm-hmm. I think again, though, that kind of reaffirms what I was just saying where like, she feels like she's got to follow the letter of the law and the rules and all that and do that, make her objection. And, and by the way, she's right. Like she's right to make that objection. Sure. Um, but ultimately they just don't, they got a movie to make. So they're mm-hmm. going to see more. But I guess there was also a character point there that, that, that she is making of like, we're seeing a little bit more of who this person is. Like as much as has friends, has people that she relies on, has people who has, she has their back, but, Having having his back in that moment is actually what she did was the most important thing, right? Was was saying that he can't, he's not fit to do this, uh, and it's in that moment where the secretary was like, "No, I think he's got it." Or it's like, "Bad guy." <laughs> like, it was like all it was like all these. There were so many things. There were so many hints. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we get uh, introduced to uh, the character who got away, the shooter that got away, uh, played by Brett Gelman. Uh, do you know him from anything? Um, am I supposed to? Because I didn't look him up. I, I, I only know, I know him from, from Stranger Things. I know you don't know him from that. but um, No, I've never seen that. I think that he is so good in Stranger Things. And when I saw him for the first time, I was like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to deliver some sort Wait, of that monologue. was this guy? He was, <laughs> he's a comedic actor. Yes, he's very funny. I never made that connection that that's he's who that a, was. He looked He's kind a of familiar. Guy. He was but a as soon as I, oh, I didn't know that. Um, as soon as I looked at him in like his like headshot on IMDb, I was like, wait, I know this guy. I've never made the connection in the movie, other than like he looks vaguely familiar. Mm, um, I always, I always think I've seen him in a few different like comedic roles, but I always think of him from the other guys. He's, um, do you remember the other guys? Vaguely, I remember bits and pieces of it. So, <laughs> it becomes a whole like. C storyline that Will Ferrell's character <laughs> has all these super attractive women who are like right really into him and uh-huh. he doesn't get it or doesn't see it or doesn't understand why it's noteworthy and so he has his like ex-girlfriend who got the voicemail from when the guy they were trying to arrest was like kidnapped by the team of like whatever they are like and <laughs> they go to the house and her husband is there, and he's the husband, and he's so fucking weird in that scene. <laughs> it's so cringy and hysterical. <laughs> and he gets left alone with Mark Wahlberg, and you see Mark Wahlberg getting progressively more uncomfortable to the point where he actually calls and asks for help from Will Ferrell while Will Ferrell's going to get the voicemail from the ex-girlfriend, and she's trying to seduce him. And they escape with the phone, and she's chasing him, telling him to fuck her. And the husband is also screaming to come back and fuck his wife. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And that's him. And then they cut to another scene and a dark out and they're in a car and they're trying to listen to the voicemail. And after the end of the voicemail, where they're trying to figure out what the next step is, you hear voices coming in from the background. And it's the two of them still chasing them down the road. <laughs> Come back and have sex with my wife. Oh, my God. And he goes, oh, my God, it's been over 20 miles. <laughs> he, he always plays like a like a sleazy or questionable character. Uh, yes, I can't think of what else. He's good, though. I can't think of what else I've seen him in, but I know I've seen him in a bunch of comedic roles to the point where it's such a departure that I, and it's been so long since I've seen him in something that I didn't realize that was him. And also because it was kind of almost 
dozing through spoiler alert, his death scene. So that would have been the most substantial, like where he was actually talking and stuff. In the yeah, movie. I mean, it, it only lasts about 60 seconds, but it's like, I thought it was a pretty important sequence. Like he gets to deliver a pretty awesome. Model. Yeah. I could tell when I was, when I was like not quite falling asleep that this seems important. I should come back to this, but I, yeah. well, I think what they did there was great. Cause like it, it wasn't, they didn't let it drag on too long. The, they did that. They did some pretty awesome stuff with the music and the tension raising while he's uh, it's, if you're going to do some exposition, it was probably the right way to do it. It was rapid and it tied into some ridiculous action sequence yes. uh, rather than it just being like, a, let me sit here and tell you this story for five minutes, which happens in a lot of movies. Uh, and it was just like that, that realization of like, we've been played. We're here to fail to cause a war. Like that's like the whole point. Yeah. And, uh, that the aforementioned conspiracy from the beginning yeah, of like this discussion. To, yeah, like to do your part, all you have to do is die. Like that, and then he blows himself up. Like that whole right. And it was, I was like, oh man, and like Kelly making the realization of what's happening and being like, my god, they got me. They got me. Like, I'm so I, stupid. How did yeah, I fall for this? Exactly. I'm so resourceful. Like, I was f- able to fight f- the entire army with water, but like ah, <laughs> I fell for the uh, banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. That was that was pretty cool, but which led to a, a pretty intense sequence of like the pin the whole like pin down sniper sequence in a movie like this is always very intense. I think they did a good job of it here. Yeah, um, it lasts. It almost lasts a little too long, but doesn't. They, they, it walks they, right up they, to the lawn. They get there. They get out of it. Uh, the what 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 what's important to that sort of sequence is to continually give you something new, like to progress the story of the shootout. Right, right. where like we have this new curveball, and we're going to try and escape and I'm going to make the honorable sacrifice mm-hmm. and oh God, it's going off the rails. And like, we get an escape. Oh, and of course oh, your gun is going to jam right now. It has to jam. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the, how you've been surrounded somehow, despite the fact that you've like held it all to this point, And now you're going to come up with a ridiculous escape and well, this gambit work and oh, it does work. You and know, all of that. Of, sort of oh, stuff. I could technically die here and it's fine. So let's go with that. <laughs> well, anytime you get that dramatic moment of it's my time. Yeah. It's not really my time, but it could be my time. Yeah. It's Dyson it's holding okay. the holding the switch in in T2. <laughs> that ends up being his time. <laughs> it's his time. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can hold this. <laughs> that is one of the most dramatic death scenes of all time. It it is. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> the most literal version of the dead man switches that I've ever seen. Mm, mm, indeed. Indeed. Uh, great scene. Pretty intense. Uh, pretty cool the way that they, I like the, um, I like him getting out of it, right? When he, he, he gets, he make make the transition, put the clothes on off screen as we've cut away from it and like have the character walking out in a very like, it's so cool to know by blocking who this is and what's happening. Like that's the only indication you have. Yeah, right? it's very it's just blocking. Le- <laughs> say very Leon the professional slash, um, uh, what was that? Uh, the negotiator. Um, yeah, Samuel Jackson, the negotiator. Like those two movies are always what I think. Which in those would they come apart like a year? They came out like a year apart. Like yeah. those are the whenever I think of that style of escape, I always think of like those two movies. It's like it's so funny because like it could just easily be like some B roll, right? Like it could be like a transition sequence where they're showing something, like showing what's going on outside. But I guess but the you character know. taking up like 
30% of the frame. And while you're following the character, you're only slightly following them to the point where your brain registers, oh, this is the focal point. Oh, that's not just a random person. And a lot of times you get like zoom in, but you can't actually see an identifying mark. And right. All that. I think like, that's so good. I love that stuff. That's so good. Uh, and then, you know, him getting in the, he gets in the, the ambulance and, and drives away. I was like, man, he got out of this. The one guy dying was really rough. Uh, could have been written a little bit better of like anything you want me to tell your, like your kids. Like I love them. I was like, yeah, like I, I just obviously like that. I don't know. That went without saying. Do you want to redo this right before you die? Do you want to give me something more specific? Because like I was gonna tell you, tell I was gonna tell your kids, your dad loved you. He was thinking about you in his thank, final moments. Yeah, thank like, God you said that because I was gonna say he just uh, he said he hates you. Uh, yeah, he's glad he doesn't need to see you again. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just picturing like you know breaking the news to the family. To, you know, what were my father's last words? You know, we didn't discuss that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, wait. You, oh, you are his kids. I, I didn't realize he had kids, huh? It's, uh, I would have thought that would have come up in his last words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something funny about, like, the, the, the finale of this movie, though, right? Like, where that... Uh, we get I will say, while, while we're here. Yeah. Lord of the Rings ending. Yeah, well, well, Lord of the Rings ending ish uh, in that like <coughs> they get they get out of there right, and I'm like, man, like you're not done telling the story, but I think I'm kind of done watching the movie, <laughs> and they and then they they very quickly wrap it up. It's like okay, here are the rest of the dominoes that need to fall. <laughs> plop, plop, plop. <laughs> I will I will give them that that each of their like three endings were at least brief. Right, and they need—they like, didn't need we, to happen. Like they were the storylines that needed sure. to be wrapped up. It's just when you do it, don't <laughs> make it three separate endings. Be better. <laughs> like, just be a little bit more graceful because there there was some things that were done fairly gracefully. But like, we get the okay, we're going to escape, which isn't the real ending, right? You expect another sure. ending after that. We're going to escape. We're going to come back, debrief, maybe, right? You know, mm-hmm. but wait, there's more. And okay, we have to do another mission. We're gonna do that mission super quick. That mission's gonna lead us to finding the real, real bad guy. We're gonna wrap that up, and then we're gonna have a death scene with some, well, like that whole like death montage, like extra outer body, like all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then we're gonna wrap that up. Right. Funeral scene. But then we're gonna flash back to the death scene. <laughs> we're gonna wrap. Find out it wasn't a death scene. <laughs> then flash back forward. And admittedly, we're not staying with any of these for too long, but right. this is an extremely Lord of the Rings ending. It, like, it, it was. It, it, order of magnitude yeah. less in time duration, but same principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, I will say, uh, in a movie that, like, they, I feel like they go the extra mile, like, in individual sequences to make it kind of play out in a way that makes sense and that, like, sure, you might be able to question this, but what they're giving you is enough that you're like, okay, the way that this executes is fine. I... I don't need I don't need to question it further like it's fine uh him kidnapping the secretary in the bathroom was not one of those it was like okay great how are you getting out of there you gotta show me how you're getting out of there (laughs) that's like that's the one thing that I feel like I was like of all the ridiculous things that happened I was like but how'd you get out of the bathroom you know because there's there's people watching toilet through the toilet (laughs) you just flushed he's a navy seal okay 
Okay, is that how <laughs> that works? Oh my goodness! Absolutely I will, not. I have a lot to learn about the Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good in water. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just drives that guy right off a right off a bridge, uh, which oh, was was, oh, was shocking. You know that tape recorder, by the way, doesn't work anymore. That was another flaw. <laughs> that tape recorder is broken. <laughs> Probably, probably. Yeah, severely um, water damaged. Can we get a Ziploc bag? Yeah, uh, definitely not good. And uh, and then we get the the thing that really jazzed me up, which is the post credit scene. Of Funny him. thing about that. Yeah, watch watch the movie Friday night. As I said, uh-huh. had a few drinks beforehand. Got that classic end of the week exhale. Oh my god, the world is not the well, not the world's ending. Sorry, just like I'm gonna fall asleep immediately. Thing and. So as you could tell with my attention to detail in the discussion over the last 20 minutes, kind of was hazy around that act two, act three transition. Mm-hmm. But then I had a lot of detail about the ending because, you know, I powered through and I was awake again and it got to the end and I was like, is there a post credit scene into this? I don't know. Eh. And I just turned it off so I could put on something else. And then you and Brian were talking about post I was like, motherfucker. And I had to immediately <laughs> fire up Amazon to watch the like 15 second scene in the credits. Nice. Nice. But yeah, he, uh, uh, I, I've got a plan. I want to tell it to the president. And I was like, okay, relax. <laughs> First, calm down. <laughs> You're going to have to go right? through a few people. We, we've gone from <laughs> you should be in prison to we're going to fake your death and give you a new identity to you've disappeared for a year. And now it's just, I'm going to meet the president. Right, and then then the, the like with the audacity of, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Sure, absolutely, and uh, I'm going to call it Rainbow. And I went, oh yeah, not knowing anything about this character or where these stories go, uh, and just knowing that as a kid I loved Rainbow Six. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. I don't even know what it means. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I'm curious to see because so Amazon owns. I guess Tom Clancy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the TV and movie rights to Clancy's works. Um, I still can't believe he died. That was so weird and sudden hmm. and unexpected to someone like me. That, that one, that one, I felt that one. That one got happened. you. Just because there was never like a, Hey, like Tom Clancy's kind of sick and we'll see what happens and all that. It was just like dead. And I was like, where the fuck did that come from? He's not even that old. Hmm. Um, so, They've done the Jack Ryan show, which my writing on the spin tune has shown that I really enjoyed the first season, really didn't particularly enjoy the second season. And so now we have Without Remorse, which was fine. I, I liked it well enough, you know, but it wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to see if are those two properties going to coalesce at some point? I, I suppose at some point in the past week, I could have looked up whether they have announced that there's plans to have those come together in, in any meaningful way. Didn't do it. Um so like rainbow was a thing that like spoiler alert president Jack Ryan and John Clark come up with together mm. and they are so far away from that storyline on the show. He is miles from becoming the president. So are they going to bring those two things together? They very obviously didn't name the president in this movie. And mm-hmm. so we don't know who the president that he's referring to that he wants to talk to is, Pretty sure it's not going to be the John Krasinski Jack Ryan. So mm. I don't know what oh, that's right. so like. Where about. like how are they doing the storylines in the C- yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll be excited because Rainbow Six was a fun book. It's not like the best of the books, but it's a damn entertaining one. And 
she'll get to see even more like badass action sequences and shit if that's what you're you're down for. So it's a good time. Hmm. I'm curious to see what that becomes if they go TV show to continue on with the without remorse stuff, Mm -hmm. the Clark stuff, or if they go with another standalone movie or whatever. I don't know. I would definitely watch. I I mean, I'm. It makes me more interested to watch the show that they have and just to kind of keep up to date with what they release on this stuff because I I I thought yeah it was. it was entertaining. I was, I was, I was hooked. Your Tom Clancy guy is uh, Splinter Cell, the game that I loved so much. It, was that a book beforehand? No. Book after? After? I, I honestly don't know what Splinter, Splinter Cell is. Like I know I played. I think I played one of the games. Was that what was the name of the main character? Was it Sam, Sam Fisher? Something? Sam Fisher. That's right. I definitely played one of the games. I don't remember which one. Um, I want to say that he may have wrote a book, but more likely he may have advised the writing of a book that might have become like its own series of books and stuff like that. Cause he did a handful of those things where like he came up with a cool idea and then handed it off to someone and they wrote it and it became Tom Clancy's blank. Oh, gotcha. Um, like it would be like Tom Clancy's blank written by whoever. And so there was like a bunch of those things. So I'm guessing huh. that's what that was because like Ghost Recon was not a Jack Ryan slash John Clark book, but right. I don't remember if there was some other book that was like Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon or whatever that became a book or not. Hmm. I have to. I kind of want to get into these these books. I'm very curious. I, I only I only ever played Rainbow Six Vegas, which obviously was like the second or third game in that series. So yeah, I don't even know like i don't remember the storyline of that oh i don't remember the storyline at all i just remember really enjoying the games what what i meant was like the first game i don't know did it follow like the book or did it was like supposed to be quote unquote like a direct sequel to the book i don't remember like i I don't know because i never played that game i never looked into what that was all about because rainbow six has its own book but then the rainbow team shows up in other books off and on gotcha i wonder if i still have that n64 cartridge was that an N64 game? I didn't realize the first one was. I, that's the one that I had. That's what I had it for. Uh-huh. No, I just, I, I thought it was, I, I, I assumed it was like original Xbox Later. or maybe oh, even no. PS1 or something like that. I didn't realize it was yeah. N64. It might have been on the original PlayStation. Um, I would assume it was. But, oh man. I enjoyed that. I want more. Anything else? It's solid. I, I would, other, I would watch uh, more. Closing thoughts on this one? I'd love to see them. <laughs> it's, it's impossible for them to do, I guess. Or maybe they just choose not to. I would love to see them do the actual Clancy series as like TV shows. Like you can modernize the stuff a little bit if you mm-hmm. want, but get the actual like there's aspects of the first season that gets it right, at least with like the character development stuff and like who Jack is and all that they get really right in the first season. The storyline is not one from any of the books. I mean, it borrows a bit from some of it, but realistically, it's not any of those if they could do those, like the only movie I never actually watched all of Hunt for Red October, but Patriot games does a pretty damn good job of like adapting the book. Like obviously they have to cut a lot of details out because it's a movie and not right. a TV show, but even the bits of clear and present danger, it's like the spirit of it is kind of right, but like they wildly changed some things. And some of all fears is an abomination as a movie and as an adaptation. So, and also it's been Affleck. So, ugh. But I would love to see them do 
that story justice and you can do that on television they've just chosen not to like they've done two seasons of the show and it's just not that mm. so i would love to see them actually do like the series there. on the show like again like modernize it however you got it because you can do it within like you can play within the rules of like what's gone on and sure. update and change things yeah oh, that'd be cool right on well that's all for this week's episode of Flix in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to flixinasix at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune or hit us up on the site. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Thanks for coming out. Yeah.